Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. And welcome to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Today, we are going to get into some polling. It is Tuesday, and we are only three weeks outside of the election. 21 days, people. That's it. 21 days, and it's all over. 21 days. Well, I guess in 21 days, we're going to find out if we're going to be waiting any more days because we just don't know what this election's going to hold for us. Yesterday, Monday, because I'm recording this on Tuesday, October the 13th, uh, the first day of hearings for the Amy Coney Barrett uh, Supreme Court pick started. And there's not a whole lot to report right now. It was, you know, a bunch of the, the senators, the leftist senators, especially grandstanding. And today is when... They're going to get into more of the questions, so she'll be able to answer some questions. So now we'll finish it, but, but it, it, it's not going to be a big deal. I mean, it's just not. It, it, Democrats might as well just, you know, if they were smart, they'd give it a rest. They'd stop right now and go, okay, we, you got her. She's yours. We know it's insurmountable. We can't overcome it. So ain't going to happen. She's just going to be uh, nom- She's going to be seated. I mean, she's going to be seated. So the Democrats, they're going to bluster. They're going to fluff their feathers until the very end because that's what they do. The Democrats, they lie. I just want to say they lie because they are liars. So if you're a Democrat listening to this, why do you support a party that lies? Oh, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, Trump, he lies so much. He's such a liar. He's so many lies. <sighs> But during the debate between Trump and Biden, you do realize Biden lied through his teeth. In fact, there were 33 times they showed Biden lied. And then Kamala Harris, I mean, that whopper of a lie from Abraham Lincoln? Are you kidding me? That's the epitome of lie. Those are career politicians. Anyway, that's not what this show is about today. This is polling. So if you're watching this on YouTube, and if you're not, and you're listening to it, go watch it on YouTube because I'm going to share the screen. And you're going to see the data that I see as I go through all of the, the polling. Now, I use Real Clear Politics. So it's a great source. Hey, I'm a layman here. I don't have inside sources. I don't have the back office polls. I only read the tea leaves from based on what I can see. And let's dig into that rabbit hole that is election politics, especially presidential politics. You can really get into the rabbit hole on presidential politics. So let's start with um, well, you know what? I, I, I often say I don't follow the national polls, but let's go ahead and start with the national polls. Why not? You know, let's let's see what they say. Right now, the national polls have Biden up 10.2%. That's a pretty big lead. Uh, now, the way this aggregate works with real clear, 
clear politics is they take a number of polls, add them all up, divide by however many they are. In this case, there's what, two, four, six, eight, ten. So whatever the score is, once they add up all from the polls, that's your aggregate. So your aggregate is 10 point to your average, if you will. So let's look at some of these. JTN Research, 8%. IBD Tip, 11%. Up for Biden, all up for Biden. ABC News, up 12%. Uh, you got another one, Reuters, up 12%. CNBC, up 10%. Rasmussen's, up 12%. Uh, USC, Dornsife, up 13%. And then if you look at the trends, the recent trends of the national polling, you know, back on September 27th, there was a seven-point spread between the candidates in favor of Biden. Since then, Trump has dropped and Biden has gone up in the national poll. So that national poll trend doesn't look good. I mean, it just doesn't look good. But remember, Hillary Clinton peaked mid-October. October 20th, October 22nd, she peaked. She had a huge lead over Trump. And then, ooh, October surprise came and poof, it all went away. But she still won the popular vote. So as I said on yesterday's show, and if you haven't listened to yesterday's show, go listen to yesterday's show. Because what I talked about on that show was the enthusiasm for these candidates, the lack of enthusiasm for Biden, and the incredible enthusiasm for Trump. That doesn't show up in these polls. So we don't really know. That's why, especially the national polls, you just can't. You just can't read anything in the national polls. What you got to dig into is look for trends in those battleground states. That's where the trends are. But let's jump to the electoral college, shall we? Now, Real Clear Politics has the electoral college uh, right now, and there, there are a lot of toss-ups right now. Um, they have 125 for Trump as far as electoral votes, 226 for Biden, and the toss-ups are 187. I am going to play the prediction game today. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to play prediction with electoral colleges. And then we're going to get into those battleground states and validate that prediction and see if it makes sense. So if you're looking at the electoral college map, what you see is Biden, again, according to the aggregate polls, this is at, these aren't, uh, you know, polling by states. These are aggregate polls. There are multiple polls fed into one, and it's all a formula. It's not some individual over there at Real Clear Politics picking and choosing. It's all a formula that's processed into a computer, and then, boom, you get what Biden has in electoral votes right now, Trump, and then the toss-up. So as I said, there are 125 for Trump, 226 for Biden, and 187 toss-ups. So there are several states, Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, uh, that are toss-up states. So let's address uh, a few of the obvious ones. Texas. Uh, they do this every time. Texas is not turning purple. Texas is not turning blue. Texas is in the Trump camp. So let's take his 125, and we're going to add Texas right off the bat. Because I'm sorry, Texas is going to go Republican. It's leaning towards Republican, whether these aggregates want to say so or not. Texas is not going 
blue. So right now that gives 163 to Trump. So now he's at 163. Remember, you need 270 to win. Then you got Georgia, my state, my home state of Georgia. <clears throat> so Georgia is 16 electoral votes. And by the way, Texas is 38. Uh, 38. Georgia's not going to go blue. Georgia, I live here. I know this state. They've been saying this for uh, ever since I can remember. Georgia's not going to go blue. So that's another 16 for Trump. So now we're at 179. Remember, you need 270 to win. So now let's start picking off some of these states. Florida. Florida is 29 electoral votes, okay? So Torta, Torta, <laughs> it's a long day uh, already, right? Florida is one of those states. If you don't win Florida, they say you don't win the election. And every president who's won the election has won Florida for decades, right? 29 electoral votes. If Trump wins Florida, honestly, I think he is going to win Florida. And we'll look at those trends here shortly. That's 208 now. Biden's still at 226. <clears throat> so let's flip over to Biden, 226. Nevada's a toss-up state. I think Nevada's going to Biden. So that's 230, 232 for Biden there. Now, Arizona. Arizona was in play for Biden for a while, but the polls have shifted. The polls have changed. You're going to see it when I get into the state-by-state, state, the battlegrounds. The polls have shifted towards Trump. I think Trump gets Arizona. That's 219 now. Biden's got 232. Trump's got 219. So that's the southern states, midwestern states. So let's head to those battleground states that could cost it all. Uh, North Carolina has changed as well it was leading and trending biden it's back to trump 15 electoral votes well, we're at 234 for trump now he's leading biden 232 i think north carolina goes for trump ohio ohio is 18 and it's also a bellwether state <clears throat> if you don't win ohio you don't win the election so it goes it's like florida florida and ohio are the, one of those, those two states that you always hear about in these elections that if, if it, no president has ever won the presidency without winning these states. We're not hearing a whole lot about Ohio in the news, are we? In fact, it's not even listed as a battleground state. It's listed as a toss-up here, but that's because it's leaning towards Trump. So if Ohio goes Trump, now we got Florida Trump. You see where we're going with this, right? That's 252 electoral votes. Now we're getting into those razor-thin battleground states. And those are Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Now these are the states that are make or break for Donald Trump. But let's look at Iowa. Iowa's six electoral votes right now. It's Biden leading at 1.2%. <clears throat> a Monmouth poll has Trump up plus three in Iowa. Again, it's not listed as a battleground state. Trump won that by 9.5%. I believe Iowa goes Trump. So that's another six electoral votes. So now we're at 258. Trump needs 12 more votes. 12 more electoral votes. Wisconsin is 10. Michigan is 16. 
Pennsylvania is 20. Michigan is trending Trump. And you're going to see that when we get into the polling. Uh, that's 16 electoral votes. See where this is going, don't you? You guys are smart. I know you are. We're at 274. So Trump could lose Pennsylvania and lose Wisconsin and still win the election. Now, I don't believe Trump is going to lose Pennsylvania. I think Trump wins Pennsylvania. So we're at 294. And Wisconsin is a tricky one. <clears throat> I'm, Wisconsin is on the fence. And it's hard to look at Wisconsin numbers because it's, it, it's a tough trend for Trump. But if he wins Wisconsin, he's at 304 electoral votes. That, this is going to be a razor-thin election, in my opinion. But I'm, I'm, I'm placing a prediction now that Trump wins Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Iowa. He's got the election. I'm still on the fence with Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's going to be a tough one. Now, if you go over to Don Serber's blog, uh, he has Trump. Man, he's, he's got an aggressive one where he's got Trump blowing it out. 235 states. Trump's winning Nevada. Trump's winning uh, Colorado. Uh, he's winning Wisconsin. He's winning Minnesota, which is interesting because Minnesota was actually pretty tight last time. That's 10 electoral votes. So let's say he wins Minnesota. Uh, he does win um, Wisconsin. That's an additional 20 votes. So now they're at 324 if he wins those. And let's say he does win Nevada. Or I'm sorry, Colorado. Actually, Cerber's uh, uh, got to win in Colorado and New Mexico. That's aggressive. I'm going to stop here. I believe Trump has got the win. Uh, I think he, uh, my, my bones tell me Minnesota and Wisconsin. My bones tell me that. My bones don't talk to me often, so take that for what it's worth. It may mean absolutely nothing, but I think he's got the win with 324 electoral votes. So mark it. I'm calling it. Right now, I could be all wet. I could be all wrong. Now, here's what happens if I'm wrong. Biden wins the election. Oh, man, we don't want that to happen. But if he does, oh, are we going to have a lot to talk about? It's going to be – the news will be so fast and furious, eh, there won't be enough time in the day to get it all out if Biden wins the election. But I'm calling it my prediction, Trump. Now let's get into these um, <clears throat> battleground states. Florida. Currently, right now, Biden leads in Florida 3.7%. Uh, but here's what's interesting. In the last day, um, Biden has dropped from 48.6 to 48. Trump has gone up in 44.1, 44.3. So Biden's leading 3.7, but it doesn't mean he's got a good trend. Remember, Trump won in 2016 by 1.2%. At this time... Uh, Clinton was up, uh, let's see, she was up 4% roundabout. So this one, it's still razor thin. The, the margins or the trends are about the same. Biden's actually trailing Clinton just a hair, but that's all it needs is just a hair. And the Fox 35 Insider Advantage poll has Trump up 3% right now. 
So I, I think I, my bones tell me Florida is in it for Trump. And the excitement, by the way, we go back to that enthusiasm factor that doesn't show up in the polls. It looks really good for Trump in Florida. <clears throat> now, Pennsylvania, these, Biden is up 7.1%. Uh, now, it's been flat for a few days. Let's see. Uh, Biden was up 7.1% in October 7th, so it hasn't moved. The needle has not moved much in Pennsylvania. But as I mentioned on my yesterday's podcast, um, the Biden campaign is having to send people to Pennsylvania for what they call claw back the polling. So their internal polls have them worried. They're spooked in Pennsylvania. Clinton was up six, nine percent, four percent, eight percent. One poll had her up twelve percent, all about this same time frame. And Biden is up in Pennsylvania seven point one. So Hillary was trending better in Pennsylvania. Uh, this was one of those razor thin elections for Trump. He won Pennsylvania by 0.7. But I still, <clears throat> I think he's got Pennsylvania. Michigan, a lot of things have been happening in Michigan. Biden is up 7%. Trump has, uh, they've been kind of flat the last couple of days. You know, Biden's at 50, Trump's at 43. So Biden's got a spread of 7%. But the Trafalgar group, which called Michigan last time, has Trump up 1%. They've been pretty consistent in that poll. And again, like I said, they called it last time. Trump only won by 0.3 in Michigan. So it's a razor thin. But at this time, last cycle, Clinton was up more than <clears throat> Biden. Clinton was up 13, 10%, 11%, 11%. She was up double digits. Biden's only up single digits. So I think I think Michigan is in Trump's camp. I call I mean I I'm thinking Michigan again goes for Trump. Wisconsin Biden is up 6.3% and Biden in the last day has gone up a hair. He dropped a couple of days ago, but both but Trump dropped as well. So Biden's up 6.3% in Wisconsin and this is the one that's tough for me. Remember I had a hard time thinking all right, is going is Trump going to get this one? I went, I went ahead and put it in there as win. I tell you, in my bones, I think he's got it. Trump won it by 0.7%. At this point, at the same time, last cycle, Clinton was up by 8%, 7%. So, <clears throat> you know, Clinton was, Biden is underperforming where Clinton was in Wisconsin. That's why my bones tell me Biden's got, or uh, Trump's got this one. North Carolina has switched, has trended, uh, turned a lot. Uh, right now you got, Biden up 1.4 in North Carolina. That's it. Now, he's gone up in the last day or two, uh, but Trump, the, the last week has been kind of an interesting ride in polling in North Carolina. And the um, Democrat senators, senator there is caught up in a sex scandal. So this looks good for the Republican senator, Tom Tillis. But I still think that North Carolina goes Trump. Remember, Trump won this one last go round by 3.7%. So Biden right now is trending up 1.4, I think I said it was, and Clinton was up, she was up 4%, 2%. So Biden is not trending as well as Clinton was this same time in the election of 2016. So the battleground states are looking better 
for Trump than they were just last week. Arizona has is swung quite a bit. Arizona now is up. It's up for Biden 2.7, but you got the Trafalgar group has Trump up 4%. But what's interesting is Arizona, Biden has dropped in the last day or so where Trump's gone up a hair. But this one, Biden's been dropping, Trump's been rising. Arizona has been changing each week, leaning more and more towards Trump. And Trump won, won Arizona by 3.5%. And let's go back to that enthusiasm gap. Biden held an event the other day in Arizona. I talked about this in my show yesterday. And nobody showed up. Now, they're giving you, kind of, they're giving you all kind of excuses of how they didn't want to tell anybody. They didn't really tell anybody about the event all BS. They sent out their mailers. They sent out their email campaign. They did all the things that they normally do to get people to the rally and no one showed up. Not one person. And Cindy McCain just came out and endorsed Biden and no one showed up. Clinton was up 5% this time last cycle. So all of the battleground states trends. Last week, you know, I was sitting here at this same, you know, time frame talking to you guys saying i'm a little concerned here because the trends didn't look good but all of a sudden the trends started to shift and right now biden is underperforming hillary clinton in all of the battleground states so <clears throat> i'm gonna go and put my hat in the prediction game and i am predicting a win for donald trump I'm going with 324 electoral votes. So mark it. I'm marking it here. I'll save this piece of paper that I have it on. And we'll see what happens. All right. Thank you for listening to this polling section of the PBL podcast. Next up, uh, we take a break. I'm going to go into some Senate races. Not too much about the House. I'm really, uh, I'm very pessimistic about the House. I would love for us to win the House back, but the only way we can win the House back is some huge, huge coattails. And I just don't think we have that. So, but I do think we have the Senate, some coattails on the Senate or some races in the Senate that are going to go the Republicans way, but it's a nail biter. But I think if Trump wins the white house is reelected, I think the Senate falls in place and we, you know, it's not a bad thing. We'll have the Senate, the presidency, a six, three court, and we won't have the house of representatives. It's a pretty good balance of power. If you ask me. All right. So let's get into, we'll close out the show with some Senate battles. So the Senate, Right now, Real Clear, Clear Politics has 47 in the Democrats' side and 46 for the Republicans. The toss-ups are Georgia, Purdue, uh, Iowa, Ernest, Joni Ernest, uh, Maine, Collins, Michigan's Peter, Democrat, the, all the rest are Republican, Danes and Montana, Republican, North Carolina's Tillis, and South Carolina, Graham. So in order to maintain the Senate, the Republicans need to have 50 seats, 51 seats. So let's start from the top. Purdue. Let's, let's eliminate some of these obvious ones. Purdue is going to win re-election. Uh, I'm actually more concerned about Loeffler on the, uh, the other Georgia candidate running for senator uh, because you got Doug Collins, who is a congressman, Republican, also running because it's a special election, and three um, Democrats. Uh, so... Uh, uh, it could split the vote. So I'm more concerned about that, but real clear politics has 
Loeffler and the Leans GOP. But Purdue's going to win in re-election. It's silly that they haven't been a toss-up. Uh, and I also believe Graham is going to win re-election. So we can take Graham and Purdue out of this. So you got, uh, instead of seven toss-ups, you really have five toss-ups. Now, Joni Ernst had a great debate the other week. Uh, she is trailing Greenfield by 4.8%. Teresa Greenfield looked like a deer in the headlights. Not a whole lot of polling out of this yet. So we've only got like one group of polls. So, We'll see what happens in the coming polls. The Monmouth poll uh, has her up, but that was a while ago. All the polls right now have Greenfield up. But my bones tell me Joni Ernst going to pull this out based on that debate performance last week. I mean, Greenfield looked like a deer in the headlights. So uh, I think Ernst going to pull it out. Collins is toast. Collins is toast. Although Gideon, who she's running against, is only up 3.7. You know, you automatically, I, I read one time, with the Republicans, you automatically got to give them two points. So that means Gideon's up 1.7. It'll be a nail-biter up until the end, but I think Collins is toast. And I hate to say it, I think she should be. It's about time we get rid of that rhino, because she is a rhino, and I don't like to use that phrase, rhino, but Collins is like the epitome of rhino. Uh, and then you got the uh, Democrat in Michigan. It's a toss-up. Peters, he's up 4.9. He's running against John James, a pretty solid Republican, but... 4.9, it's a little above the margin of error on this. Uh, recently, Peters has gone up a little bit. James has gone up a little bit, too. So it's been a pretty steady polling. This one's a tough one to say. The Trafalgar group has it at a tie. I, can't, I don't think you can call this one right now. This, this is probably the closest race in the Senate right now is in Michigan. That's probably why they have it as a toss-up, I would think. But I would love to see the Republican I would love to see James get that. I would just love to see a Republican get Michigan. Uh, <clears throat> Danes in Montana, he's up. He's leading in the polls, 3.3. Uh, he's against Steve Bullock. I think we got a solid one here. I think we're okay in Montana. And then North Carolina, that sex scandal for Tillis' opponent, um, Cunningham, is blowing up. I mean, it's blowing up big time. He had some kind of weird video he put out. And um, that I don't think is really shown up in the polling. I think, I think North Carolina stays Republican. So if you look at this, I think the only one we lose is Collins. So throw five back into that 46 and you got your 51. We also, we picked up Jones, but that's embedded into the numbers right there. Um, for us, us being conservatives, not a Republican, but I do, I guess you could say caucus with them. I, I, I believe for the Republicans, I, I just don't think they're going to gain any more seats. I could be wrong. I could be all wet on all of this because this is an unusual election. One is it's Donald Trump. Two is it's a pandemic. So you just don't know. Now, in the midterms, Donald Trump did not have coattails, and we lost the House of Representatives. So it could all change. He could have coattails. The enthusiasm gap right now is not showing in these polls. We simply do not know. And there's a huge enthusiasm. I'm just trying to keep the expectations realistic. I believe we keep the Senate. We do lose the seat. And I believe we win the presidency, we keep the presidency, and I believe the Democrats keep the House. 
we will have, after this dust is settled, the Republicans in charge of the Senate, the presidency, and then a 6-3 court, Supreme Court, leaning conservative. And you know what? That's pretty damn good. I can absolutely live with that one. So uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about the election. I hope you are too. I hope this helps. I hope this gives some people some optimism because what's happening right now with the left is they are beating you up. They are beating the right up and on any on social media platforms across the board, the media is pulling out all stops to show you the conservative voter out there, the right, forget GOP, just conservative voter, those who would vote for the GOP, they're trying to make you feel like you should be hiding in a hole somewhere, that there's no way Trump can win. The odds are insurmountable. They're trying to make you believe, if you live in the state of Georgia, that John Ossoff is going to be uh, David Perdue. It ain't going to happen. They're trying to make you believe that Texas and Georgia are going to go blue. It ain't going to happen. How, you know, and, and they have all these media channels and social media platforms coming at you with this. And now, and they're getting vicious. They're frothing at the mouth. I mean, on social media, some of the social media platforms that I visit, I've just stopped engaging with the left because they're, they're just getting mean. There's no point in arguing with them because you're not going to change their view they're not going to change your view so it's better to just smile and just kind of stay out of it let them have a circle jerk and have their own fun together because uh and some of you got that reference i apologize if some of you got that reference and uh, it was in the wrong setting and you got that reference but right now the left the left is unhinged they are becoming more unhinged every day and I think the potentially, if they go Kavanaugh on uh, Justice Barrett, well, we could win the House. If they go Kavanaugh on Barrett, people aren't going to like that. I mean, it, it's going to turn on them really quick. Trump could get 35 states. Uh, I don't think so. But judging by what I saw Monday from the Senate Democrats, they're holding their fire a little bit, but there's still a few more days that they're going to be uh, talking, questioning Bar Justice Barrett, and uh, some of them are going to go off the rails. You just know it. But they're Democrats. They always do. They can't help themselves. They know. They, you can tell them straight to their face, you know, this is going to cost you the election if you do it, and they can't help themselves. You could tell them straight in the face, look, you know, last time you guys followed the, uh, the uh, national polling, you forgot about following the battleground states. You can tell them straight to their face, and they'll still only follow the national polling and forget about the battleground states, which is what they're doing again right now, three weeks out of the election. So chin up. Prediction in. Three weeks out. Trump wins. Senate stays GOP. Democrats keep house. Supreme Court is 6-3 conservative. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Please visit our website, thepblpodcast.com, thepblpodcast.com, and click on our social media links. Follow us on Twitter. I'm on there quite a bit, as well as TikTok. And please click on the YouTube channel. I'm putting all of these podcasts on video if you want to watch the video of this as well. Follow the YouTube channel. 
Um, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe is where I was trying to go with that. And on the podcast platform that you are listening to this on, please, please, please like, follow, share, subscribe, and five-star rate us, if, especially if you're on Apple iTunes. Helps us move up in the algorithm. It keeps the podcast going. Because remember, life is not the matrix. Life is an algorithm. Thanks, everybody. Very excited to tell you about a partnership I have with Hollywood casting director Kathy Rinking. Now, Kathy, who's been in the Hollywood business since 1994, casting for films and televisions, has put together a workshop where she takes her acting chops and teaches business professionals charisma coaching. Now, Kathy has been working with actors for years, teaching them how to be more charismatic on camera. So why is charisma coaching for you, if you are in business and you are in front of people or your staff, your team is in front of people, whether it be through networking, public speaking, or even dealing with the media on camera, Charisma Coaching will help you uncover your natural sexiness. Yes, I said sexiness. It'll help you create chemistry in the room by making about the other person. It'll show you how to express vulnerability and still show strength, as well as control the adrenaline rush when they're either with a crowd of people or, again, talking with the media in front of camera. So if you are in business and your team is out there interacting, or if you want to develop a skill set where you're comfortable in front of a crowd and a camera, then contact Kathy at youritfactor.net or reach out to her via phone at 720-985-8852. That is youritfactor.net. You're going to love this workshop.